Welcome to the motherhood journey. I am so glad that you're here. This is a space where we allow the daily joys and the tough moments to shape us and build us into the beautiful and powerful women that God originally designed us to be. Let's walk this out, mamas. Let's enjoy the journey of motherhood and see it as the blessing that it is. Hey, sweet mamas, before we jump into this podcast, I need to leave a little note. Um, Listening back to it, I realized I made a little mistake um, and I referred to submission in saying, as we know, there's a million verses that say husbands should submit to their wives. Um, But obviously we all know um, that was misspoken. I mean, um, there's Bible verses that talk about wives submitting to their husbands. So just want to make sure I don't um, misrepresent the word. Um, Be blessed, guys. Enjoy this episode. Hello, beautiful mamas. Welcome back to another week of the motherhood journey. I hope that you have had a great week being a mama bear. Um, I just want to be a little voice here saying you're doing really well. (laughs) Um, There are so many ups and downs. There's so much goodness in motherhood and so many hard things that are meant to be there that break and challenge us to run further um, and harder and deeper into the heart of Jesus because it is the only place that we can thrive and enjoy and be everything we want to be as a mama um and as a woman and i really do believe that as we live out his bible more and as we truly put our heart in a position to receive more um so much freedom comes there so much peace comes there because he's the promiser of it and he's faithful to his promises and he will always show up and be there um yeah he's so good i want to talk to you guys today um about all things wifehood Um, they're things that I've been contemplating the last week or two, um, from little things that are popping up in my life. And I thought that they would be helpful to share. Lots of things I'm going to share here. I have talked about before and Bible verses I've talked about before, but I feel like the Lord kind of pulled it all together for me in a way that I hadn't seen, um, before. And I think the fundamental important things of being a woman, a wife and a mother are so valid to continue to repeat. I know that when I hear something from a sermon, or find something amazing in the word, if that's repeated to me again a few weeks or a few months later, I'm like, yes, thank you for bringing that truth to my attention because um, we want to get deep into that soil, don't we? Um, So that when those storms come, we are deeply rooted um, to to God's goodness and being soft and humble soil for his his good plants to grow in. Um, I want to start today on a really interesting Bible verse that I had not heard before that was brought to me from another podcast I'd listened to. Um, this Bible verse is Proverbs 17.1. So it says, Proverbs 17.1, better is a dry morsel with quiet than a house full of feasting with strife. I read that again because, you know, the Proverbs are a little bit Riddly. Better is a dry morsel with quiet than a house full of feasting with strife. When I heard that, I was like, ooh, I like that. I really like any Bible verses that are relating to life and home. Um, and the way that this was applicable to me the other day is that um, living in this awesome farmhouse in the middle of the country, um, I love it. Um, it's beautiful in so many, so many, so many ways, but we are living on a very old home that I've explained in this podcast before has many issues. Um, and the other, over the weekend I had, um, we had a drain issue where, um, water was like coming up and blocking in the kitchen sink and the shower. And then it was like gurgling and coming up from like the bathroom ground, um, and just releasing this really bad smell. Um, and the toilet wasn't flushing and we were like, okay, there's like a drainage issue. Um, 
and we've had issues with our cars. They keep dying. Um, and then we bought a new one and it died a few days later. Um, and it's just really hard to get cars off marketplace. Um, when you live out in the middle of nowhere, um, and a few other things happened. Um, I can't remember what we had a pipe burst and leak everywhere. And then, um, I walked into the lounge room the other morning and there was a half dead mouse on our rug, which surprisingly is the first mouse I've seen in the house. And we've lived here exactly, you know, so pretty cool. Um, but anyway, when I saw that mouse, I kind of was like, how can I bring to Brad's attention that I feel like it's a bit hard with all the things going on here. And I don't know, we're coming up to figuring, like figuring out if we want to live here for another year and like, it's great, but it has a lot of hard situations, which obviously I told you three things that sounds like nothing, but there's a lot, there's a lot of different things going on living in this old farmhouse where things break all the time. The water doesn't work all the time. We find so many different issues. Um, but it's also very beautiful because we're out in a beautiful, beautiful property. Um, anyway, I was in a grumbling mode going, this is not good. And should I bring this up to Brad? Anyway, I then sat in my room to have some time with the Lord and journal. So good. I can actually write up my thoughts and get a little bit of clarity of truth. And this verse popped into my mind. I'm going to read it to you again. It's so good. Better is a dry morsel with quiet than a house full of feasting with strife. And I thought, you know what? This verse is so applicable to me right now and hopefully it can be applicable to you guys in some way because I thought I would rather be content with what I'm given and have less dry morsel and be quiet, be in peace, contentment, meekness, than be in a house full of feasting, then kick, complain, tell Brad what I want to be changed, what forced us to move and spend more money at somewhere else, which I definitely don't want to do. I love living here. Um, so really, what's my complaining doing? not much. We could fix a few little things, but we're already doing that at the best of our capacity. It's just slow. Um, but I guess in my own mindset, demanding maybe more feasting, more things to be okay and how I would like them. But then would my house be filled with strife, which would be stress and disunity and fighting? Probably if I was going to kick and scream for my rights and grumble because they do not produce the fruits of God in the spirit. And it was so awesome in that moment because I was like, yes, okay, I'm going to live out God. I'm going to be love. I'm going to choose to be thankful for what I have. And it was so powerful. It was fully flipped my perspective. And I was able to come out of my God time and just be like, hey, babe, let's have a great day. And he was like, yeah. And then not even think about all the things of the house again and enjoy all the good and beautiful. Because as I always say, whatever your eyes look for, you will find. You look for all the bad, you'll just keep finding it. If I was like, grumpy and annoyed and like we're not abandoned I don't like these things this is not okay yeah it just you know wouldn't produce life but because I was able to release that and just be thankful for what I have rather than grumble about the little things that really don't matter in the end we have a roof over our head we live in so much abundance other days I walk around my place going I feel like a queen I live in like absolute abundance and luxury um so um yeah, that Bible verse just really rebuked me and was really cool to me. Um, from that Bible verse, it got my mind to thinking about how I act as a wife and how I want to treat my husband in all sorts of ways. And we've had different things pop up that have allowed me to um, contemplate these things. Um, and it made me think of um, the beauty and life that comes from submitting to a husband. As we all know, submission. We love it. We love it over here in this corner. Um, if you don't love it yet, keep on listening. I'm going to tell you how good it is. Um, there's 
many places in the Bible that talk about submitting, submitting to your wives, us just submitting as believers. Um, but there's two different verses that specifically talk about submitting as a wife. Um, and as we all know, Ephesians 5 very clearly says, you can turn there if you want to have a little Bible study with me, pause this, turn there. Ephesians 5 verses 22, we know it, we know it, it's good. But I'm going to say it again because are we living it? That's the thing. Wives, submit to your own husbands. Love that. Not submit to men, submit to your own husbands who the Lord has given you. As to the Lord. Wow. Submit to your husbands as to the Lord, as if it's submitting to the Lord. Whoa, 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 whoa. Now, this keeps going on about what your husband should be doing. Um, and it's beautiful. Um, and when marriage is working right, your husband is functioning and, he's in, and you're functioning yours. Um, now, something I wanted to bring up from this passage is that I feel like people often hear this, wives submit to your husbands, and then they go, okay, now let's have a discussion if we should do that or not. If, if we want to submit, um, because there's a lot of opinions from culture, there's a lot of things we can break down and go, well, is submission right? Is submission what we should do? That's not even a question, people. We're not meant to be questioning, do we submit or not? Is a direct command. We do, as Christian wives, submit to our husbands. But let's go into this a little bit deeper. We could go, cool, 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 cool. I want to submit to my husband, but what if I disagree with him? What if I think he's not living out the word? Um... I think that we can break that down into two things. So either it's our own pride because we're like, no, no, I'm going to stand on my rights until I get what I want because, you know, um, sometimes I don't know if you struggle with this, but I have and I've heard other women who can really struggle with wanting to take control. And it's because we're afraid or we don't trust our husbands or trust God, but we want to take control of the issue and not submit because we're like, cool, but I actually have a way better way. (laughs) I've heard myself saying that many times before. Um, And I think that that can be pride inside of us saying, no, no, I'm right. I'm God. I know how it works. Listen to me. Um, And I think it's really important that we repent and then submit (laughs) if we're having a perspective like that, because that's what the word of God says to do. And as you'll see soon, 1 Corinthians 13 tells you what love is, and it also tells you to do that. So um, I think they're two really important things, especially when you're when you're following a God-fearing man and they are submitting themselves the best they can to God and trying to make the decisions. It's really important, even if we are right and <laughs> think that our way is right, um, we need to give them the opportunity to lead and to be the man that God called them to me because if we're always calling the... Um, calling the shots and taking control and charge, even if we're pretty good at it, it's not the way of the word. And so it's not what's going to bring the most prosperity to your, to your um, family and could really encourage bitterness in your husband, even if they are naturally a more laid back, go with the flow person. Um, it's not giving them the chance of empowerment and leadership that they have been made by God to be. Um, So that's one avenue if you disagree with them. The second one is what if they genuinely are wrong? What if genuinely you're like, I truly from a very rational, God-centered perspective do not think that this is the best decision with our finances, with disciplining our kids, with spending our time, whatever it might be. We have an answer for this people. Praise the Lord. Pause this podcast and turn to 1 Peter 3, 7. I know we've read it a million times, but it is worth repeating. Um, whoopsies, I didn't mean seven. I mean 1 Peter 3, 1. Just wrote that one in a funny seven-looking way in my notebook, which says, likewise, be subject to your own husbands. Again, two times in the New Testament. It's not a question, people. It is a command. So that 
Even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. Wow. And then it talks about not letting your beauty be in the outward, but be in the inward, in a precious, quiet spirit that honors the Lord, like the holy women used to be. Oh, so good. We've talked about it a million times. I know. Um, but this is, this is such an encouraging verse to me, guys. And if this is not like a power tool in your backpack as a wife that you pull out regularly, then I encourage you after this podcast to write down this Bible verse and memorize it and let it come to mind continually. Because guess what? You're married to someone who's not perfect. Me too. We're married to people that aren't perfect and who are going to try their best, but who are going to stumble and who are going to make mistakes and who might even make decisions that aren't obedient to the word for you guys. And um, I pull out this verse. I pull out the Ephesians 5 verse to just humble myself sometimes and be like, Ellie, just shut up and submit to him right now, um, especially in disagreements. Stop fighting for your rights and just submit right now because we're all going to do a lot better if you do. Um, doesn't always work, but it's the hopes. Um, as in the word always works, doesn't always work to um, calm the, the fire in me sometimes. But this verse is also one that I pull out because I take such delight and such strength and I stand on deep, a deep rooted rock of Christ that if I submit myself to my husband, I am doing it as to the Lord. How powerful is that? Because then the Lord takes care of it all. Because when you submit yourself to God, everything, everything is going to be okay because he's a good father. He's a protector. He's a provider. He's a healer. He's a savior. He's so good. So in the end, everything will work out. So I just submit myself to my husband, submitting onto the Lord. Boom. I know we're going to be okay. But then the Lord is so gracious. He gives us a second weapon. He goes, if he goes, submit to your husbands so that, so submit to them so that, so it's part of the process. Even if some do not obey the word, even if they're not functioning in obeying what you believe is the best thing in that moment, they may be won over wind. That's not right. But like, you know, come, like come to the right place without a word from you, without nagging, but by the conduct of their wives. When they see your respectful and pure conduct, I'm like, thank you, Lord, double whammy, submit and do pure good conduct boom, you're going to make it okay. Because what moves mountains? What causes miracles? What changes scenarios in the natural? Faith. Faith does. And when you live out these two principles, submitting to your husband as unto the Lord and living out with respectful and pure conduct, winning him over without your words, but but by your, your actions um, and doing that in belief, like God's going to show up because his word says he is. And so I'm doing this to honor God and I know God's going to come through. Things change. Like your husband will be transformed. And I'm not saying this is going to happen in the moment. It might take weeks, months, years. I don't know. But this is our obedient call as women to do. And God is kind to just make it also end in awesome circumstances in the end. So that's really exciting. Now, I want to go even a little bit deeper. We've now broken down that we need to submit. And what if we disagree with them? We're either having pride or if they're, they're wrong, we just show them our pure conduct. Um, I want to talk about even deeper why this is so incredibly beautiful and power to submit to your husbands and to live out a more beautiful, fragrant offering of a life rather than a grumbling, nagging, standing for your rights, um, holding, holding expectations kind of wife that the world might raise us to be. 
Alrighty, so if we jump over our Bibles to 1 Corinthians 6, I'm going to be reading a bit of a chunker. So sit back, relax, enjoy the show. Verses 12 to 20. Um, the reason I'm going to be reading this, and you might hear it and be like, why are we talking about sexual immorality? Um, I'm in a beautiful Christian marriage. I'm just trying to learn how to submit. I get you. We're not actually reading this passage because of the sexual immorality. We're going to read it because of the power of one fleshness and what one fleshness does to... Um, like connects with God. Um, and the reason I want to read this is because of the point that it's so beautiful, this act of functioning in the unity, the way God designed it and owning that you're one flesh, one flesh does not fight against each other. It puts that even yoke. You need to be yoked to believers, even yoke over both of you to be walking forward in a straight line to fulfill the destiny and plan God has laid over your family and your marriage. Because I'm telling you, he has, he brought you together so that you can bring something incredible from his kingdom to this earth. You're not just here to do your careers and then die one day. There is a great plan over you and destiny. If you both choose to submit and allow that beauty to manifest in your life. It's awesome. So going even deeper than just, I'm going to submit to my husband because it's the word. This, there's a greater beauty and power that's going on that I want to read to you guys. And we can just get pumped as sisters of Christ to know, oh my gosh, like I'm living out something so beautiful by being one flesh with my husband and truly living a place of harmony and unity with him as we grow. Oh my goodness, no one is perfect. Um, grow in learning how to live a righteous marriage and life for our children and for our God and for our marriage, blah, blah, all the good things. Alrighty, so 1 Corinthians 6 verse 12 onwards, I'm going to be reading till 20 says, I'm just going to read all of this because it's all enjoyable, you know. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. I love that. That's so cool. Like not being dominated by like any sin or anything that wants to take over you, like you're just going to run free for Christ. So good. Anyway, food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food and God will destroy both one and the other. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And God raised the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. And do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the member of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For as it is written, the two will become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin the person commits is outside the body, but the sexual immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God with your body in your body. So cool. So a few points I want to grab from this chunkalunker of a passage is that um, we, when we become one flesh with another person, our husband, um, we are two fleshes that become one flesh. That one flesh says, do you not realize that you as one flesh are a member of Christ's body. So me and Brad, for example, we've become one flesh. We are one part of Christ's body. And then it is saying that, can I find the little verse here that says, but he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. How incredible is that? So not only do we have the opportunity in this world to become one flesh with another person, which is totally supernatural. Secondly, is that as that one flesh, we get to, um, be joined with the Lord and become one spirit with him because our bodies become the temple of the Holy Spirit. 
How powerful is that? And then it's saying the beautiful thing that do you not know you are not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. So glorify God, women, in your body by honoring what it means to be one flesh with another. That when you guys work in unity and are obedient to the word, you are functioning in the way you're meant to when you are one spirit with God. It's like you're denying the things of the world and allowing that oneness with God to be bigger and bigger and brighter and brighter until not only are you just one with Christ in your spirit, your soul and your flesh submit to that place as well. And then what happens? Does life get better? Do you get more empowered, more free, more peaceful? Do you live out what the Bible promises you more and more and more? Yes. Because as we start denying the things of this world that are trying to, what, like what is the enemy's plan? He wants to kill and destroy. What do you see in society? He wants to break down the very essence of gender, which then breaks down what? You being a man and a woman, which then breaks down what? Marriage and functioning appropriately and correctly and beautifully in that, which then breaks down what? Children, which in all forms he's destroying through abortion um, and um, raising children um, in non-husband-wife marriages and then they get to choose and change your gender like he's just destroying 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 in every way and we get to say no I'm not following that line or that story I'm gonna live so deeply to the design of God and enjoy so deeply the fruits of his spirit because I am not only one flesh with my husband I'm one spirit with the Lord and because of that oh my gosh, I am a temple to the Holy Spirit I was bought at a price and I am gonna glorify the Lord with my body because he has given up everything for you to be saved and for you to enjoy him and to not live a lukewarm life that truly leads to discontentment. Like you're going to not enjoy life as much if you say, no, nah, thanks, Ellie, I'm all good. Well, not really me. I don't care if you follow me or not follow the Bible. <laughs> I'm just trying to share what God shows me from the Bible. So that really encourages me so much. Um, and then the cool thing is God just, he does these double whammies. If you jump across the other side of your page down to 1 Corinthians 7, we read in verse 14, for the unbelieving husband is made holy because of his wife. Oh, and the unbelieving wife is made holy because of her husband. Otherwise your children would be unclean, but as it is, they are holy. Oh, how flippant cool is that? How cool is that? Like, even if you get to a place where beyond them just not being obedient to the word, they actually aren't even functioning with Christ, you get to stand on that promise and say, I'm going to run. I'm going to run this race and it's going to make my husband holy and it's going to make my children holy because God honors one fleshness so much. He honors holiness so much. He honors that when he puts himself into that person and they are fleshed with another, the whole thing becomes pure. Isn't God so good? Um, the last place I want to turn us to is continuation in 1 Corinthians 2, obviously 1 Corinthians 13. Because when we need a little kick, kick in the butt of if we're being loved to our spouse, we turn to 1 Corinthians 13. Because we all know 1 Corinthians 13 love is literally the polar opposite to the world and what the world says love is. Love is about rights in the world. Love is about needs. Love is totally conditional in the world. And we can all find ourselves functioning in conditional love. I know I am finding myself all the time and going, oh my gosh, like I say this line to myself sometimes. Um, I don't need perfection for acceptance towards my husband. Cause sometimes I find myself kicking and grumbling and going, well, he's not doing that right. And he's not doing this well. And if he just managed that better, he'd be good. And I'm going, why am I not accepting him right now? Why am I demanding perfection for him to be able to be accepted in my eyes? Christ doesn't do that to me. And is that even my role? Is that my role 
to pick out the things he does wrong and what teach him how to be better or be his judge and say, I now have a right to kick and scream because I can see that you're not functioning in truth. No, and there will not be any birth of fruit if you stand in that place. It is not our job to judge. It is our job to be the helper and to submit to him and God. And when we do that, it is good. It is good. Not because our husbands are perfect, but because God is faithful. So good. All right. Let me read to you 1 Corinthians 13 verses 4 down to halfway through 8, which says, and I'm, I, I know you all know this, but when you listen to it in the lens of, am I functioning in these things towards your husband? It is such a rebuking, but also so incredibly empowering place to go, whoa, that's what love is. That's what love is. I wasn't functioning in that this morning. I was not functioning in that yesterday. I want to function in that when they come home. Release my rights and start just loving them in an unconditional true way because that's how God loves us. And when we do, it releases them and empowers them and things start running smoothly. Love is patient and kind. Wow. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant. Thank you, Lord. Or rude. It does not insist on its own way. Is this like the most important line for all women? It does not insist on its, in its own way. How many times do we in our marriage insist in our way, own way? Be like, no, 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 no. You need to do this and you need to do it now. Love does not do that. It is not irritable. Wow. Another awesome one. Thank you, Lord. Or resentful. Wow. Another, another great one. Thank you, Lord. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Thank you, God. I'm going to leave you guys on that note. I need to go check my chicken and veggies, make sure they're not burnt um, and continue in my mumming. But I hope that some of this can just stir the pot in you to want to just go after the beauty and magnificence of what the word says to be a wife um, and let that pour out into goodness over your motherhood. Um, Jesus, thank you that you are kind and you have a way that this thing works. And I pray that you would help all of us to learn how to submit to that, um, to submit to you, to submit to our husbands. I pray for a rising up over our husbands, that they would honor you, God, and live a life um, that is joyful and easy for us to submit to. Um, And I thank you that even if they're not right now, you are a good teacher. You're a good father and you can father them and you will bring them to the place they need to be when we submit to you and we pray for them every single day and we honor your word beyond honoring if they deserve it or not. We are yours first. We we have been bought at a price and we get to honor you and truly enjoy what it means to be one flesh and one spirit with you, Lord God. You're so one flesh with our husband, one spirit with you, God. You're so good. I thank you that you have everything we need and we completely just run and hide and enjoy and surrender to the power and grace that you have waiting for us. For it is not of, not us to do, but you to do through us. We present our three fish and two loaves and we watch you do a miracle. Thank you, Lord. Amen. If you enjoyed tuning in today, subscribe here and connect with me over on Instagram where you can DM me or find my email as I'd love to connect deeper and pray with you.